Welcome to Objectively Subjective, a podcast where we objectively give you our subjective top five on any, many, or all different topics. <laughs> some current, some relevant, and others just because. And I am one of your hosts, Paul Jansen, and sitting next to me in his daughter's shirt is... I am Princess Blake Allen. Princess Blake, Blake Allen, yes. And this week's topic is top five disney villains which is why he is a princess amongst other reasons oh I'll... oh yes that's why princess of dadtopia mm-hmm. um that's right this is our second monthly fan pick it's, a, uh, it's the fan pick for uh um april and the theme of april has been villains so we gave everybody two villainous topics and this one won much to my uh, pleasure <laughs> because I'm a big Disney nut. Um, so I love uh, it's the first time I finally get to actually talk about Disney considering Disney lost last time. So we are victorious this time, Disney people. Disney, victorious. Disney is always victorious. Disney is, well, not not if Apple has anything to say about it. That's right. Us Apple. The, the world's in a, a weird funk now. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting to wake up. You know what? I, I, I'm, I want to mention. Uh, real quick before we get into this podcast i'm really glad that unlike the last the first two weeks that we did our video podcast where we wore the exact same outfits both both, both weeks, weeks yeah we changed yeah, yeah, i'm glad that uh we have uh you know we didn't wear the same outfit two weeks in a row this time mm-hmm. that, that looks bad yeah it looks weird it's, it's almost like you did two podcasts like back to back back to back yeah, yeah being weird. lazy yeah it's weird mm. but we not. don't do that we work week to week we work week to week like everyone else you know we do this diligently and mm. instead of uh doing them all at once to save time we have full-time jobs we're you know we're dads well nobody has a full-time job right now <laughs> too soon Oy. Oy. Anyway, so Anyways, getting into what we're doing. Back to Disney. Back to Disney. So we're doing top five Disney villains, which is like I said, it won the fan poll, and if it's the villains, um theme that we're doing for april which there's no real reason why we're doing villains like we said before it's just uh we want to pick a cool topic that we knew we could talk a lot about and we knew a lot about villain fictional villains and so we picked a few categories that we thought would make sense so um like i said previously i i'm a big disney guy so i love doing disney topics and i know blake moderately is a disney person moderate He's i know casual. disney you're a filthy casual i am a filthy casual so like you, extremely but you know enough to do this topic I've, yeah because we always make sure we do clearance with each other that we know we can at least do top five if not we'll have guests on in the future to cover our lack of knowledge like if we do something simpsons it'll have to be somebody else with blake i could do it but not well enough seinfeld stuff like that so um which we do, like we were discussing yesterday, we're going to uh, hopefully in the future start giving out some extra podcasts, weekly little 30-minute bits where we do top fives of more obscure topics, like stuff that not maybe everybody will want to listen to, but stuff that will pertain to certain people if they just need a little 30 minutes to kill, mm-hmm. we give a little short podcast, like a top five Seinfeld quotes or uh, episodes or stuff like that. You know, it's just stuff that's very unique to specific audiences. Um, yeah, that top five, that 80s show... Uh, episodes. There's only I was only like six episodes, and there were eight. Well, so that, it you can not, leave two or three out. Um. Uh, so, um. So, like our previous fan pick episode, um, we do want to stick with the theme where, uh, like last month we let the person who uh picked the topic that won uh gave they gave us her top five. Well, this 
this month is a little different considering we picked the topics um, just to kind of keep it in theme and it was a little bit easier it, for people to vote on. But my the topic that I suggested is something that was suggested to me by my wife because she's also a big Disney fan. So I let my wife give me her top five. So before we get into our top five, I am going to read you my wife's top five Disney villains. These come in from Stephanie Jansen, uh, my lovely wife. Can I can I uh, guess one? Yes, go ahead. Mr. Burns. Well, I guess he technically <laughs> would be a Disney villain <laughs> no, now, right? No, no. He would technically now. Uh, yeah, but that's not Disney. No, yeah, it's not Disney. No, it's not. Okay, so top down, her number five is Hades from Hercules. Her number four is Scar from Lion King. Her number three is Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. Her number two is Oogie Boogie from the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. And her number one is Ursula from The Little Mermaid. So uh, I want to thank my wife for uh, giving me her top five. I want to say this. This is how well I know my wife. I named her entire five in order. <laughs> I guessed them. So uh, say we're pretty compatible. Mm-hmm. Um, you should marry her. You uh, should marry your wife. I should marry my wife. Mm-hmm. It's it's been uh, it's been in discussion. Okay. It's been in discussion. That's good. Talk about it. So, uh, yeah, you, you want to discuss things when you're married. So, we were going to stick to theme and pattern and uh, keep in keeping the structure of this nice and tight and neat and good and well. Uh, by since I started the episode, I'm going to force Blake to start the list. He is going to give us his. Number five. My number five is Hades. Number five is Hades. Yes. So from uh, Hercules. From Hercules. 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 Uh, and and now, like we said before, this podcast for me is not going to be on X Games mode. It's going to be on Struggle Game mode. Struggle Game mode. I I did see it, but it uh, it's been ten years. Uh, I have seen it, and it's been probably about a month. Uh, Dang, that long? As you can see, I'm wearing, I don't know if you can make it out with the glare. But this is, that is a, it's a Hades shirt. Hades shirt. Um, and, you know, so I put it on my list. I'm like, well, you know, I got to go look up some things for it. But I, I want to try to remember. But then I'm like, wait, I can't. So um, <laughs> uh, I didn't know it was James Wood. Yeah, James Woods. Woods. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, that, piece of candy. I, I wrote that down. That's famously known for ooh, a piece of candy. <laughs> He's also famously known for being a turd of a human being. Uh, what is it? Okay, we won't get into that. He's a, he's just not he's a, just a good jackass. person. He's a jackass. He's not like an evil person. Yeah, he's yeah, just he's a just jackass. A, not a good person to people. Yeah, yeah, he's just a turd. Like he, uh, he's very, very conservative, and he's uh, not afraid to open his mouth and say dumb things. So, uh, mm. unfortunately, uh, not everybody. Uh, Casting in hindsight is great. Unfortunately, though, Disney keeps casting him. To do. Has he been in something else? Because he is, yeah, he's every version of Hades. Oh, he's Ever. every version. Yeah, I yeah, got, got you. He is Hades. Um, did he they make any it. sequels? No, they did the uh, TV show though. The Hercules uh, TV show. I did like the TV show, and it, I'm pretty sure it's on Disney Plus. I think it show. I want to go sure. back and watch the movie, so I'm probably going to do that. Uh, yes. Um. We'll dive into Hades more later. Maybe. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a definite. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so what was the first, when's the fir- first time you saw Hercules? Did you see it in theater? Or did you see it on like... I didn't see it in theater. It was, I want to say it was at my cousin's house because I didn't own this one. Uh, I don't think I have it today either. I do I do have a VHS collection, but I don't think I have that one. Right but on. I do just, the uh, reason I like Hades because, you know, he just looks badass. He's, he's I'm going to go strictly off a of look. 
And he is, yeah, his design was very unique at the time because it was kind of off model for a lot of Disney. And he's kind of a dumb villain, right? Uh, I mean, he's, co- he's cocky. He's cocky, and it kind of makes him. Yeah, he's, he's he's smart. His plan is really good. He's just he's too overconfident. That's mm-hmm. kind of his downfall. And I put I put him at my number five because I just had a I had a strange feeling that we're probably going to talk about him more. Right. I'll just bring him back up again later or something. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Um. Okay, so my number five is um, a character who many deem as the probably most iconic uh, Disney villain of all time, um, mainly because she's been around for so long. Um, her, her nickname is the Mistress of Evil. Uh, my number five is Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty, uh, uh, which came out in 1959. And while Sleeping Beauty is not really my steez, like I'm not a big on Sleeping Beauty, um, it is a beautiful film. Uh, my wife loves it. My daughter loves it. Um, it is a classic movie. Um, it's just a generic princess story, but which kind of uh, because of the um, the setting, it does make Maleficent stand out more. So Maleficent uh, is was voiced by Eleanor Audley, who also voiced a few years before that she voiced Lady Tremaine, the stepmother in Cinderella. So it is a, uh, she was kind of like a. Like she was that very stately woman, Disney casting voice wise. Um, Maleficent's character, uh, give you a little background of her. She is like, she's an evil fairy um, that controls a lot of uh, magic. Um, Her big thing is, and the reason why she didn't rank higher on my list, because I tried to make my list um, about villains I really thought were interesting. I thought designs were good, stories were good, and I've rated them higher also on their evilness as well, kind of balanced them out, like uh, what their intent was. And while she may be the mistress of evil and stuff like that, what her motivation is, it's just kind of petty and dumb and so that's why i kind of put her not as high on my list like she's just mad she didn't get invited to a party <laughs> and so she curses a baby um and uh yeah and she curses the baby so like on her 16th birthday or whatever that she'll pick her finger or whatever and i think it's originally supposed to kill her but the fairy godmothers um uh it's flora fauna and merryweather uh they make it to where she'll just fall into eternal sleep until stereotypically surprised her true love kisses her i think and wakes her up i think it's kind of the steez of that it's been a minute since i've watched it all the way through but uh she did try to kill someone so that is pretty evil but it's just she uh that was just kind of like it's just like a real personal vendetta rather than an overarching like earth destroying world destroying Mm -hmm. uh motivation um she has a really, really cool design. She has a long black purple flowing cape. She has um, a giant staff. She has like almost like these demon devil like horns that come up. And later in the movie, she also turns into a giant dragon, which is pretty sweet. Like I said, she is a magic user. Um, she is a fairy, so she's very magical. Until I want to say, it's, I can't remember. What, I always get the uh, princes mixed up. Uh, the in those Disney movies, what their names are, I can't remember. If he's, I think he's Prince Charming, maybe he's either Prince Charming or Prince Philip. I can't remember. He's one of the two, and uh, he ends up helping defeat the dragon in the end and saving Aurora, Sleeping Beauty, and uh, so she meets her demise at the end. Uh, she has had 
a bunch of different um, iterations that Disney has done for her. She's been in a ton of like side cartoons later on, like the House of Mouse type stuff. Um, she's voiced by a different char- a person now, obviously. Um, she is one of the main antagonists in the Kingdom Heart series. Um, she's the main Disney antagonist. Uh, she kind of uh, lords over all the Disney uh, uh, bad guys in that move in that game. So she is like the main evil uh, Disney character in Kingdom Hearts. Um, so she is a very prominent character. Also, the Disney live action movies, the two that they did with uh, Angelina Jolie, where they are they good? They, uh, in my opinion, okay, they are terrible. They are absolutely awful. They try to rewrite. Do you remember back when you were a kid the book where they rewrote the true story of the Three Little Pigs and they tried to make the big bad wolf out to be he had like a al- yeah like allergies whatever he wasn't really trying to eat the pigs whatever that's basically what they do with her they try uh-huh. to make her like uh, she's like ends up being like this she's the fairy godmother uh, basically of Aurora like she and especially in the second movie oh I watched it with Penny Penny loved it but oh man they're the the crazy thing is is disney rewriting their own lore and it just didn't work man like especially if your previous lore of the character is she's the mistress of evil Mm. like how are you going to rewrite that and i know it was really pushed and stoked by angelina jolie but hopefully we don't get a third one because man those movies are bad and if you like them that to each their own you're allowed to like things personally in my opinion i hate them and i think they're just not good movies um and and that doesn't come to the fact that I just I don't like the fact that they alter their character. I mean, there's times people alter characters and they honestly alter them for the better. This is not the case, and it doesn't help that the movie is bad to go with it. Um, if it were a good movie, you could look past it, but it's not a good movie. So, and it, it was a needless character arc that they created. So, um, I was uh, I've called her uh, Maleficent. Maleficent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maleficent, and you know, like and. I, I can't I looked it up before the origin of the name where they got it from it's probably something biblical but I know like because Mal means bad the prefix whatever anyway um, but obviously I think it is an adaptation of an old fairy tale Sleeping Beauty is an old fairy tale like a lot of the early Disney stuff is all just adaptations of mm. old fairy tales actually even some of the modern stuff too Disney very rarely writes original stories leave that, they leave that to Pixar yeah um, Monster even Frozen surprise guys not an original story. It's originally called The Ice Queen. Um, and uh, I think it's Hans Christian Anderson, same guy who did Little Mermaid and Rapunzel. So, uh, yeah, like I said, number five, Do you have you ever seen Sleeping Beauty? Um, if you want me to be honest. You can be honest. Okay. Uh, well, when I was a little boy, I didn't watch stuff like that. Right. And, you know, it's the 90s. Right. And your dad was like, you're not watching Sleeping well, Beauty. Well, you know, we were a Warner Brothers kind of family, so. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't watch Sleeping Beauty. I, I might have saw Beauty and the Beast with my cousin. Right. Uh, I didn't know much about Little Mermaid. We were a we were a TV, movie, cartoon, everything uh, family. So I saw all Warner Brothers stuff, Disney stuff, Don Bluth stuff. Mm-hmm. But mostly it was Disney. I'm from Florida. So like Disney like was literally three hours from where I was born. Mm. So um, I, I you know I like Disney now, but growing up I, I didn't watch it a lot. It was a lot of princess movies too. So mm-hmm. I mean you know like I get it in that era, especially in the '90s where everything cartoon and comic book driven for boys was tough and 
big and bulky and destroy things and um, cool looking like you know cable and like all mm. the rob liefeld drawings which is everything i was into and then i was but i'm just a scrawny little boy right but the marketing makes no sense. it was more about the marketing i mean they mm. pushed it on boys like like this is what you have to like to be new boys toys like and like is like new batman crushing armor and stuff mm-hmm. like like you there was almost like they were like you can't like this this stuff but uh, luckily, my parents like because I had a sister, so they found balance. They're like, "Look, we're just doing both things." So my sister was into some of the stuff I was into. I was into some of the stuff she was into, and it was never like. And while my dad was kind of like a dude's dude, but he never forced anything on me to like. You can't like this stuff, or you can't play these games with mm-hmm. your sister and stuff like that. Like my sister's had that game, uh, board game, Pretty Pretty Princess. I don't know if you remember it. The whole go- game was like a board game. You're supposed to get the two earrings. Uh, the two uh, like a ring, a bracelet, a necklace, and then if you at the end you got the crown. Mm-hmm. And my sister didn't have anybody to play with her, so uh, me, uh, I used to play with her all the time. And there's a picture in one of our photo albums of me wearing the I was like twelve wearing the pretty pretty princess stuff because I won the game. <laughs> well, see, when I grew up, I did have I did have girl cousins, but I mostly had boy cousins. So you know, we stayed in the woods and we were into all the boys toys that we were supposed to be into well and what movies, they told you were supposed to and, be into. yeah well you know what they told us we were supposed to be into so that's what we were into which i'm still into that but uh but you're more open-minded about things like you're in, you give other stuff a try now well yeah in. and also i did have a sister but she's nine years older than me right so we were two different worlds but so the only i mean i did play with barbies and uh, i did steal her pink barbie limousine and rode down the hill had a boy, <laughs> but I just didn't watch a lot of the princess movies. They weren't for me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, and it was very yeah. They were marketed towards a certain mm. group of people, uh, especially back then, like because there were strong gender roles in the 50s and the 60s, like they that were kind of almost enforced. Um, I just you know, honestly, not even just because it's a princess movie. A lot of the classic Disney stuff, like pre Xerox era, <laughs> I guess. Uh, why they're gorgeous films and stuff um they're one watches for the most part even though i've seen a lot of them a lot um because they're just generic princess stories you've heard told a million times and um and if they're not they're stuff like pinocchio or uh, peter pan which wow those are all cool and all but it's same as like okay they're just kind of bland story and, the, and is peter pan and pinocchio are those disney stories or no 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 no. Just... no uh i want to say boccaccio wrote pinocchio which the original pinocchio is i mean it was written in like the 1400s or 1500s it's and it's very graphic and the it's original, dark right it's very dark okay and then peter pan was wrote by jm barry i think his name is and that was in the early 1900s so that's not an original story either okay. like i said i did i i can't tell you the first time disney did an original story i'll talk uh, maybe fox and the hound even though it was probably based on a book too, I'm not sure. Don't. Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck- yeah, well, well, Moana is an original story, but Wreck-It Ralph came out before Moana. Right? Yeah, I know, but I was joking. <laughs> but, but yeah, but, I mean, it's I mean, it wasn't really up until those uh, like uh, Atlantis. That's probably oh, okay. uh, Emperor's New Groove. Well, that's the Emperor's New Clothes. So I guess Atlantis might have been the first real one that they did <laughs> that was original. Honestly, um, what I uh, but yeah, so. Sleeping Beauty, you've seen it, but you just don't. I know. can't tell you anything yeah, yeah, from yeah. it. Yeah, I've seen it enough because, like I said, my wife loves it, and now Penny loves it. So I've seen, and like I said, I'm a Disney guy, so I'll watch any Disney movie that's on. But I've seen that movie a good bit now. Um, number five is Maleficent. So what is your number four? Uh, um, 
this is another movie that I have seen, but it's been a while, and I don't know if I'm going to get her name right. Uh, Yisma? Yisma. Yisma. Yeah, Emperor's New Groove. Emperor's New Groove. Yes. Uh, it's David Spade, so... Yeah, I gotta love everything David Spade's in. Do you have any information about it, right? like who voices her? Because I know. Uh, yes, actually, um, I'm not looking at the information. I know it from the top of my it's head. It's Eartha Kitt. Yes, Eartha Kitt, the, uh, the original Catwoman. Oh, okay. From See, the, I couldn't find back. anything else she was in. So. Yeah, yeah. She Eartha Kitt. Uh, she was a singer in the '60s and in the '70s and like in the '50s. Like she's. Uh, she was the original Catwoman in Batman 60, 19, 1960 show with Adam West. Um, she well, she was like a sex symbol, mm-hmm. and uh, still is. She's think of Liza Minnelli, mm-hmm. like that kind of vein of uh, actress. Uh, but I don't don't know if Eartha Kitt's still with us or not. I'm not sure. I, I know. Well, I, I just I, made a terrible joke then. So um, I I think she we'll might still be alive, but don't hold me. Or she might not. I, look, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not an Eartha Kitt biographer, so but I do know a little bit about her. But yes, continue. Eartha Kitt is the voice of Yzma. Yeah. Uh, she tries to kill, uh, what's his name, Cusco? Cusco. Cusco, but she messes up and turns him into a llama. Well, she doesn't mess up. Kronk, Kronk messes, messes up. up. Yeah. And Kronk is played by uh, Putty. Patrick, Patrick Warburton. Putty from Seinfeld. <laughs> he's what, uh, and even though, because he's not really a villain. Uh, yeah. It technically is, but he, he has a redemption story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to keep anybody that has a strong redemption story off my list. Mm. Um, he's just a big goof. He's the best character in the movie. Yeah, he is. I, I love that movie, In Prison Groove. I, it's the, it, to me, it's the most underrated Disney movie. I And like I said, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember there's one scene... That I laughed my ass off, but I can't remember what it was. There's a lot of something my- about a waterfall. Uh, oh, so one where he's like he's sneaking. Oh no, are you talking about the one where the uh, where um, Cusco and uh, John Goodman's character? I can never. Uh, uh, Pacha, a yeah. Pacha. Pacha. They're 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 talking about they're going up the waterfall back to back. Or maybe because ta- or I think of the one where uh, Kronk thinks he's sneaking around and like he's just laying on the wall going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to put this on my watch list too because I remember it being a good movie. You need to rewatch it because, I, especially now, I promise you, you're gonna die. That movie makes me laugh every time I watch it. To me, it's the funniest Disney movie, hands down. Like it is a straight up like. Whereas most of them are like fairy fairy tales or fantasy stories, it is a comedy. Mm-hmm. It is a straight up comedy, and everybody that's Davis Spade in his prime. That story, if any, uh, if any, I think there's a YouTube documentary about it. If you get a chance, that movie was mired with problems because it got so many rewrites. Like originally, it was supposed to be much more serious. Sting originally wrote the music for that movie. Like, Sting from WCW. Sting from the <laughs> Sting from the Police <laughs> uh, wrote most of the music, and it got like uh, it got so many rewrites. It kept getting pushed back, um, and eventually, it turned into what it became. And honestly, it probably is a much better probably version than what better. it was. Yeah, for the better. Um, there's only really one song unlike it's, it was the first kind of real break in a true musical for Disney. Um, they, uh, released it, it had the one song that Tom Jones sings in the beginning mm. and he sings again in the end, but Yzma. So Yzma, Yzma's not on my list, but, uh, but I can't talk about her a little bit. Uh, Yzma's design. She is a, uh, she's supposed to be the second, the right hand person uh, for Cusco, like kind of her, uh, advisor. Yeah. Yeah, Advisor. advisor. She is like an old wrinkly witch looking woman in a purple dress. Her design, she looks like 
She looks like Liza Minnelli, right? She, Eartha Kitt. She looks like oh, Eartha Kitt. Like okay. But like an old, old, much, much older. And that's kind of a running gag in the movie, like how old she looks and stuff. And uh, But she is a witch, basically. She creates potions and stuff like that. And she tries to kill off Cusco um, by, with her uh, her lackey, Kronk. It goes wrong, goes poorly. And uh, lots of antics. You need to rewatch it. I want to watch it now. It's so good. Uh Rewatch it. There's a TV show for it too. They got a TV show. Was it good? Uh, it's okay. Is it David Spade? It's David Spade. <laughs> Wait, all I needed to know. is it David Spade? If it's not Joe Dirt, I'm not watching. I don't think it's David Spade. Actually, now that I think about it, but Patrick Warburton is in it. Oh, okay, so and I want to say Eartha Kitt's in it too. But uh, it's pretty good. There's a sequel movie too, but and there's Kronk's New Groove, which was a spinoff movie. I did see that. Or I I didn't see it. It was but, on Netflix yeah. for a while. It's okay. It's it's just like every other made for TV or mm-hmm. DVD movie that they've done. It's just it lacks story. It's short, whatever. But uh, the movie's classic. The TV show's okay. Um, but in the end, she ends up getting turned into a cat for drinking one of her own potions, and she kind of gets a little bit of redemption. She ends up like being still part of the group. Nothing mm-hmm. bad happens to her, other than being turned into a little kitty cat. Little kitty cat. <laughs> Little kitty cat. But yeah, so your number four is. My number four is Yzma. 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 Yeah, I almost put her on my list, but she didn't quite make it. Just because, like I said, I wanted to add. She has a redemption arc, and honestly, she's just goofy, and there's not mm-hmm. a whole lot of evil, real true evilness to her. Uh, she does try to kill Cusco. I was like, she tried to kill him. Yeah, but in her defense, Cusco was a jerk. He like was a he was turd. an awful looter, awful leader, awful looter too. Awful, awful, awful looter, awful leader. He was an awful leader, and uh, so and uh, he was trying to destroy a whole village for to make us summer home. You know, what I mean? like he was a turd of a person. So it's like there wasn't like he didn't have a whole lot of like like oh I can't believe she's trying to do it. you're like ah, I kind of get it I kind of yeah. I kind of get it yeah you're right it's still evil but it's not mm-hmm. like but it's almost a little justified all right so my number four is from is to me is from another one of the really underrated Disney movies and honestly that people don't understand people want people often um uh associate the Disney Renaissance and Redemption story starting with Little Mermaid mm-hmm. uh. But without this movie and this villain, well, this villain from this movie, a lot of that never happens. My number four is Professor Patrick Radigan from The Great Mouse Detective. The Great Mouse Detective was the first movie Disney had in a long time that made money because Black Cauldron lost them so much money, they almost shut down the studio, the, Dis- the animated part of the studio. People don't realize that. Like, we would have never gotten all these iconic Disney. Disney might not still might not be a company anymore. They might just be a theme park. Like I, there was a, from the seventies to like the mid eighties, there was a real, real, real fear that Disney was just going to shut down. If you get a chance, there's a documentary on Disney Plus called Waking Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. I recommend watching it. It's really, really good. Uh, anyway, so uh, Patrick Radigan from The Great Mouse Detective in 1986, voiced by uh, this is one of the really first stunt actors they ever got. They got Vincent Price, a horror class, a horror icon. Uh, Vincent Price. That's what I was trying to think of the other day. From for what? Or it's trying to think of uh, uh, Waluigi's mustache. Oh yeah, yeah, Vincent Price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Vincent Price voiced Radigan, and um, you know, and it was toward closer to the end of his life when he did this role. Um, and if, it's kind of one of those things where you would think that you bring an icon like this to do animation, who's never really done animation before, they might just phone it in. But you can tell that dude was in the 
role. He was in the role the whole time. So I loved this movie as a kid. My my grandma growing up, she would buy every Disney movie when it came out on the clamshell mm-hmm. on VHS. And I watched this one religiously when she bought it. Um, it's uh, it's Sherlock Holmes. So uh, story basically, uh, it's based on a book called uh, Basil of Baker Street. He uh, uh, he's based the character Radigan is based on Professor Moriarty, which is Sherlock Holmes like arch nemesis. Um, so the uh, the design of his character he unlike he lives in a world that it's a it's a mousy world in London that exists underneath the real world that humans exist, and it's almost like exactly the same. Um, he uh, he is a very hulking bigger looking uh mouse he gets confused with a rat which he hates um so much so that he has a guy that accidentally calls him a rat uh myrtleized because he is a mouse he's very sophisticated and he's uh he uh considers himself to be a debutante and or like a very amongst the rich and the elite um and he uh has a bunch of underlings and the, his whole arching evil story is that he tries to, he kidnaps a toy maker to make a robot version of the mouse queen, mousy queen of England to kind of take her out so he can rule all of England, the mousy England. And he, uh, almost murders a child doing so. He, uh, but he's very smart, very cunning. And he's almost the equal of Basil, um, Basil Expedition, who is basically Sherlock Holmes. He's the mouse Sherlock Holmes. He is his equal almost in every way, the same way Moriarty is, but his um, pompousness and uh, kind of is his downfall in the end. And he ends up meeting his fate at the end on a big fight on a clock tower. And if I remember correctly, he falls to his doom. But like I said, Vincent Price in that role was incredible. Like he, he's the best character in the mo- in the movie. Like he, without Vincent Price as Radigan, I don't know that that movie translates as well because the energy that he puts in and the, if anyone knows what Vincent Price's voice sounds like, if you've ever listened to Thriller, he's the voice in Thriller. But for those who don't know his older movies, like The House, uh, The Clock, uh, Clock and Walls, or whatever, or the um, not House of Clock and the Walls. Ugh, uh, House on Haunted Hill, uh, The Fly, stuff like that. He just uh, he's a horror icon, and then um, he's also an Edward Scissorhands. He's the mm-hmm. he's the father figure in Edward Scissors. The last thing he did before he passed away. Um, he, uh, but he's like I said, he's just uh, that voice is very creepy. And like Maurice LaMarche uses his voice, it, it combines it with Orson Welles to make the brain character in Pinky and the Brain. But um, I loved Radigan. Like I said, uh, a lot of people overlook him. Probably people couldn't name him if you put a gun to their head. Uh, a lot of people, honestly, don't, don't think realize Great Mouse Detective is even a Disney movie. I don't think I've seen it. You don't see? You haven't seen Great Mouse Detective? I don't think so. It, it's the movie that uh, predates the hat that you have. It's the movie right before Oliver and Company. Yeah. So it's on Disney Plus. Watch it. It's awesome. You'll love Radigan. It's a shorter one of the shorter ones too. I think it's like an hour and fifteen minutes, hour and twenty. So like a lot. I of mean, them. I might have when I was a kid, but I. It, it probably be one of those movies when you start watching, you go, I've seen this. Mm. I've seen this. I just don't remember it. I think I can picture it. Like he has, the, he has the magnifying glass and the hat, the yeah. floppy hat, right? Yeah. And the, the toy maker kind of replaces Watson. He's the Watson character. And he has a little daughter who gets kidnapped by like a peg legged bat and stuff like that. So, uh, I don't know if that's any of that's ringing a bell. <sighs> kind of. And like at the end, like he has like this big, like the queen's in a dress and she's like, just, she's a robot. She's a wind up mm-hmm. robot. And they fight at the end on a big, a, a big bin, big clock. 
Okay. So, uh, my number four, Professor Patrick Rattigan. All right. So, we're on three. We're on your number, number three. three. Uh, my number three is Cruella de Vil. Cruella de Vil. Uh, 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. Um, when did this movie come out? Oh, 1961. Yeah, well, I didn't know it was that old. Yeah, it, I think it's the first movie of the wave of Xerox films. Oh, okay. Uh huh. I think it's the very first one. I think because Sleeping Beauty was the last fully animated one, I believe. Don't hold me to that, but I want to say they it was the first movie in the Xerox era. Uh, that's the year my mom and dad were born too. So, uh, I I had no clues at all. I thought I was watching a new movie. Oh yeah, it's old. When I was a kid, it's old. Um. Um, I don't have the voice actor or actress. I don't. Ha- I don't know it off the top of my head. I do know that Glenn Close portrayed her in the live. I do know films. that one, but mm. uh, and I also know that uh, the you know they're doing another one, right? Live action. Yeah, Emma Stone is playing Cruella Deville. You haven't seen it? Mm-hmm. They got pictures of her up already. It, is it just going to be a? It's for Disney Plus, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I. It doesn't. I doesn't work. I don't like their. Who's design. Emma Stone? That's Harry Potter. Uh, no, that's Emma Watson. Emma Stone is uh, uh, Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. So she's going to be Cruella de Vil? Mm-hmm. So she's a good actress. Older woman. Yeah. Well, I mean, hell, she's in her, late, in her 30s, late 30s now. She's not older, older mm-hmm. like, you know, like Cruella is supposed to be. Um, but, you know, uh, Cruella de Vil did not make my list. Um, Only reason she made my list is just because Simpsons basically did a parody of it. Oh, and she's With su- See My Vest, Mr. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> oh, which that song is a parody of a Disney song too. It's a parody of "Be uh, uh, Be Our Guest" from Be Our Guest. Beauty and the Beast. Um, I will say this about Cruella Deville. Uh, first and foremost, and uh, sorry, Megabolt, uh, I hate One Hundred One Dalmatians. It's one of my least favorite Disney movies. I like the movie. It's one of my least favorite Disney movies. Um, but I will say this: she is evil as hell. Mm-hmm. Like she wants to kill. She wants, pup- she yeah. wants to murder puppies, murder them. And like that's her whole goal is to murder puppies and wear their skins. Like that is disgusting. Like like that's just the, like this is the most foul thing to me. Um, and like I said, uh, I was never a fan of the movie. Still not a fan of the movie. Penny loves. 101 Dalmatians. She's seen 102 Dalmatians. She watches, she watched the, anim, the, the, what is the, the animated show. I think it's called 101 Dalmatian Street or something like that. It came out a couple years ago on Disney. It's on Disney Plus. She loved it. Uh, she's watched live action movies. She's got, uh, I think Rollo or, or Pogo. I can't remember. She's got, there's so many of them. There's 101 mm-hmm. of them. Technically, there's 103, right? Because of Mother and Father. Yes. Um, but she, uh, uh, she has one of the stuffed animals and like, like I said, she loves those movies. She loves the Dalmatian movies. Uh, I think another reason too, it's on my list is because, uh, we had a whole bunch of like snow globe Christmas ornaments. That was 101 Dalmatians. I don't know why. I have no clue why. Uh, I know McDonald's was, uh, <laughs> it might've been, a, it might've been a McDonald's thing. I had a, uh, Dodger Christmas, Christmas ornament when that movie came out. It, you know, it, and when you squeezed it, it played jingle bells. Mm. And I can't find it anywhere, and it kind of depresses me because I love that thing. I think my mom still has my Dalmatian ornaments. Like, I think she sent me a picture this past Christmas. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, her design, she wears a large fur coat. Mm-hmm. Her hair is half white, half, half black. Yeah. Iconic. Yeah, she's got a very iconic look. She looks evil. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks like what you would think she would look like. She is a very, like, skinny, like, witch-looking, like, evil woman. She has... Uh, 
and her whole persona is she's a maniac. I think, and I can't help but picture Glenn Close now. I think she did a really good job. Oh uh, yeah, the first like the I, ironically, I like the first live action movie more than I like the animated movie, which is very rare for me. Uh, one, I don't think I've ever seen all of 102 Dalmatians. I've I don't. Seen, I didn't see that. One. I did see the first one. I've seen him in passing. It's Glenn Close again. I'm pretty sure in that movie too. So. um but yeah, I thought she did. Again, when you see her, I think she looked like Cruella de Vil. I think mm-hmm. she looked exactly like her. I think another person that would look do really well is Meryl Streep. I think Meryl Streep would do yeah. a really good job. I think she would look like a good, crazy Cruella de Vil. But I guess they're trying to make her a younger, sleeker, more modern one in the new one. So we'll find out how it is. Cruella de Vil. I'll watch it. Cruella de Vil, not on my list because, like I said, while she's a good villain, I don't like the movie. So I'm trying to combine all this stuff in one to make my top. And see, I was trying to figure out which ones I liked. <laughs> which ones you didn't like. Yeah. Well, sometimes the best villains are the ones you hate the most. Right? That's well, I mean, just the, I'm trying to figure out which movies which I you did appreciate like. appreciate. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I got yeah. you. So, all right. That was your number three, right? Number three is Cruella de Vil. Cruella de Vil. Uh, my number three is from probably, yeah, yeah, it's, it's my favorite Disney movie of all time. Um, my number three is from 1992's Aladdin. My number three villain is Jafar. Um, and while I know a lot of people just kind of overlook him and don't really like him a whole lot, uh, I like his design. Um, I like his uh, portrayal. I think he's very sneaky and snake-wise. And it does help that he comes from my favorite Disney movie. So, uh, like I said, Jafar is uh, from Aladdin. It came out in 1992. Uh, he was voiced by Jonathan Freeman. And uh, Jonathan Freeman even uh, portrayed him in the Broadway version, too. He plays Jafar in the actual Broadway uh, version of uh, Disney's Aladdin. Uh, I think his uh, his portrayal and voice acting, or his uh, version of it, is he delivers this very sneaky uh, conniving like you buy him as just like this snake-like character um his design so he's very skinny tall and sleek uh it is like an arabic look right Mm -hmm. so he has like this long flowing cape it's reddish and black he has a big serpent gold staff he has the large turban with like a a, uh a jewel in it he has the long spindly chin beard um, he just looks like a snake. He looks like a snake if a snake were a human. Um, uh, like I said, he's, uh, his whole motivation, he is the grand vizier. For those who don't know, vizier is the Arabic word where we derive the word wizard from. Wizard comes from the word vizier. So he is a sorcerer. He controls, he moderately controls magic. He has a very interesting sidekick, uh, portrayed by Gilbert Gottfried and Iago. Hmm. Um, but his whole motivation is he wants to rule Agrabah. The, his, I will say this: uh, like his motivation is very local; it's not global. But you never know how far he would have taken it uh, had he won, because you know, he would start with Agrabah. He seems very smart. He wanted to start with Agrabah. But what makes him so evil to me is that he wanted to reach these goals of controlling Agrabah at any cost. He was willing to kill anyone that got in his way, uh, like including Aladdin, um, because everybody, everybody and everyone was expendable to him. And uh, like I said, I, uh, his little song at the end is very evil. I just love, like he just feels slimy. Like everything about him feels uh, irredeemable. Like you, there's nothing about him. You're like, there's no saving grace to this guy. Like he, uh, 
and he has no reasonable motivation to do what he's doing other than, other than selfish reasons. And, um, of course, he, in the end, he reaches his comeuppance in the sense that he can, finally gets the genie. He makes a wish to become the most powerful sorcerer, and that's how he kind of turns everybody and gets everything in control. And then Aladdin, for some reason, in a weird plot hole, outsmarts him <laughs> and convinces him to turn himself into a genie, knowing very well that a genie is a slave, which makes no sense. But it's a kid's movie, so mm-hmm. let's not look too deep into it. Um he uh and then he turns himself into a genie with an infinite cosmic power itty bitty leaving space so he gets uh and so he gets turned into a genie and gets you know then he uh comes back and returns to jafar so he does get a a second story um return to jafar why people don't like it and i, I think a lot of reasons because rob williams isn't in it dan castaneda does a fine job as the genie not as good as robin but he does a good job and i liked return of jafar a lot and while it was very cheaply made i think it was the first directed vhs or uh, sequel he did they did disney did and it was pretty successful which is why they got a third one which he's not back in the third one he is not in the tv show i don't believe i think they have a ton of other villains i think at where the tv show is set in between return of jafar and the end of aladdin so uh is the TV show on Disney Plus? No, it's still not on there. And I love that TV show. I think it's the best spin-off TV show Disney ever did. Uh, it, I think hands down. Now, Jafar does make one other appearance. Uh he is in the Kingdom Hearts games like most of these villains are. Uh, but he makes another appearance in the Hercules TV show. Uh the Hercules uh spin-off TV show when Hercules is still young, I believe in it. Hades makes a deal with Jafar cuz Jafar's in the underworld at this point because i'm assuming jafar is i guess this movie happens for hercules that's how dated it is it uh uh he makes a deal with him that so jafar tries to defeat hercules while hades tries to defeat aladdin and it crosses over in that show and it's pretty that i think that is on disney plus um uh there is one other adaptation of jafar that disney did and it's in the new live action movie and Oh. It's your favorite, right? I remember you telling me that you absolutely loved it. It's probably the best adaptation of Aladdin you've ever seen, right? My number three was Jafar okay. from Aladdin. It's number three is Jafar. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to our number two. Uh, number two. All right, number two. Now we're getting into the meat and taters. The meat and taters. All right, uh, my number two is um, Sykes. Oh, Oliver and Company. Company. Okay, Sykes. Uh, Oliver and Company is one of my favorite movies. I mentioned it before. It is one of the few VHSs that I had multiple copies of. One for my mom, one for my dad's. Uh, Sykes is uh, kind of a mob boss in the movie. Um, uh, Fanagan, or what's his name? Fagan. That's Fagan. Fanagan. I think he's voiced by Dom DeLuise. Yeah. Fagan is. Uh, owes him money the whole movie. Uh, the plot of the movie is uh, you, you find... Uh, Oliver is at the beginning of the movie, stray cat. He gets adopted or whatever by Fagin and all of his little dogs. And then eventually he goes to a a rich girl's house. And then so, what, Fagin holds a cat ransom pretty much? Right. And that's how he's going to pay Sykes back. Now, this isn't an original story either. You know what it's based off of, correct? Uh, Oliver Twist? Correct. Yeah. By Charles Dickens. But, you know. The Oliver and Company's better. With Billy Joel. Yeah, with Billy Joel. And, you know, Do- Dodger. It's my Dodger hat. The so Artful Dodger. Did you know it was going to be on my list? 
Yes. Okay. 100%. Um, I know it's your favorite Disney movie. Yeah. Well, it's not my favorite Disney movie. Oh, no. I know what your favorite Disney movie is. Uh, oh, I know your number one is. But though. it is up there. <laughs> uh, and I, I haven't seen it in a while either. I need to, I need to watch all, it. It's Penny. There was a period of time when we first got Disney Plus where Penny watched that movie at bedtime every single night for like three weeks straight. Like she, I don't think she's ever actually watched the movie because it was so low. That's another movie too that I didn't know when I was a kid that it was from the eighties. I thought it came out in the nineties. Well, when I guess I was when you were a kid, because yeah, because yeah, it'd been early nineties. Probably and when, when you were a kid, them. the eighties and the nineties are basically the same, especially thing. the early nineties. Yeah. But now when you watch it, it is very, very distinctly eighties. I also remember too watching it. The opening scene, there's a Coke sign. Like Coca-Cola. And like when I was a kid, I'm like, oh, that's weird. That's the actual... Marketing, yeah. That's actual branding. That's how they started saving themselves, man. Like, I think it's the only movie that really does that. But uh, but they are and in Nikes. New York. And Nikes. Nikes were in the movie. They're in New York City. Yeah. So, I mean, it's if you're going to make New York City accurate, uh, you got to, you know, put every, like Times Square, which is, you know, a lot of that big song that Billy Joel sings, Why mm-hmm. Should I Worry or whatever. It's in set in mostly in Times Square and then one minute he's in Central Park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Sykes is uh he's he looks like a big mob boss. Um he has a big cigar, right? Yeah. He has that cigar. He drives a sick limousine. Well he, well, he, doesn't, he, he rides, rides in a sick, sick limousine. limousine. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean there's nothing there's nothing to it. He's not I don't think he's killed anybody in the movie. Well, not that you know of, but it's pretty safe to it's assume. Safe he, to assume he threatens that he to has. kill yeah. Fagan if he doesn't give him mm-hmm. his money. So he is gonna kill He's gonna kill Fagan. Yeah, if he and don't he's get probably his killed money. several times before. Mm-hmm. So it's very much implied. It's a really good movie. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um but uh, it was perfect. it was used basically as a transition movie. That that was the first really star studded movie that Disney did. I mean, it had Billy Joel, Bette Midler, uh, Cheech Marin. Like, the, wasn't uh, Oliver? Um, wasn't it Joey Lawrence? Yeah, I believe so. Or yeah. one of the Lawrence brothers. Yeah, I think it's got to be Joey because every the other ones were babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a really impressive. Oh wait, no, no, I'm thinking of uh, We're Back. I was about to say Nancy Cartwright. But that's We're Back. <laughs> they did the she did the little girl and We're Back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so your number two. My number two is Sykes from Oliver and Company. If you haven't seen that movie that's over 30 years old, um, you probably should see it because it yeah. is really good. Now, yeah. don't take that from me because I don't know a lot about Disney, but... It, it, it is one of those awkward eras. The 80s yeah. were a very awkward era of Disney movies. I think that a lot of people... Like, black people had, a lot of people haven't seen Black Cauldron. I don't think people know that Black Cauldron's a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. I love the Black Cauldron. And uh, I almost put the Horn King on my... Because I love its design. But uh, the movie's not fresh in my head. Uh, and so I, I couldn't include him. And then, like I said, you got uh, Great Mouse Detective. You have uh, Oliver and Company. And then I want to say Little Mermaid came before Rescuers Down Under. I think Little Mermaid was 89. And uh, uh, See, I thought Little Mermaid was 90s too. That's 89. And then uh, uh, Oliver and Company is 88, I believe. And then 86 is Great Mouse Detective. So I think yeah I think 90, 90, 1990 is uh, Rescues Down Under, which was a huge flop. Which they cover that in uh, Sleeping Beauty, uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty. Uh, talk about it because it's the first movie they use. Uh, they use this new uh, uh, computer animation processing, and it it almost ruined the movie. It had kept delaying the movie and stuff like that. You need to watch that documentary. It's really mm. good. It's on Disney Plus. So your number two again. Number two is Sykes from Oliver and Company. So. All right. Well, like Blake's saying, we're going to get down to the meat and taters. Meat and taters. 
So we're getting to my number two. And my number two is going to shock some people. And not because it's on my list, but because it's not my number one. Okay. So if, if I'm going to shock you and it's not my number one, what would my number two be? Number two is Hades from Hercules. Okay. Because you would assume that Hades is a problem. Yeah. He, uh, my number one is a character I really like and I think is a better villain. Um, my number two is Hades. He's from, and I told you we'd talk about him more later on. Hades is from Hercules. Uh, 1997 is when it got released. He is voiced uh, by James Woods, uh, unfortunately. But James Woods loves the character and insists on doing the voice in everything they do. He does all the voice in all of Kingdom Hearts games. Unlike a lot of the villains, they don't repeat their voice voice acting in their other stuff. He's done Hades in literally, I want to say everything. Everything Hades has ever appeared in for Disney has been James Woods. So Hades is uh, the Lord of the Underworld. Uh, it's this in Hercules is set in Greek mythology and the design of him. He has a long black flowing tunic, uh, and it kind of like smokes out at the bottom. He has blue skin with, and he has a pointy blue head with blue flames on the top. And, uh, he has like claws and sharp teeth and he has, he has two sidekicks, pain and panic, um, who I love pain and panic. Um, and his whole motivation is he wants to rule Mount Olympus. He is jealous of his brother Zeus, who uh, in this version of mythology, which is much different than actual Greek mythology, uh, gave, quote-unquote, gave him the underworld. And so he's just very resentful. So he wants what Zeus has. He's tired of dealing with dead people. And um, and I was talking about this with Steph. And she's like, well, is he truly evil? I was like, well, yes. I was like, while he was bestowed this duty that he doesn't want he uh, in order to get his end goals he tries to kill a baby at the very beginning of the movie in hercules i don't care if he was a god he still tried to kill an infant uh he steals people's souls before they're dead like he made a deal with meg to take her soul to make her basically his lackey to do his bidding whenever he needed her or he would kill her early and uh like I said, he tries to destroy towns. He does plagues and stuff like that. He's just, uh, but his whole goal is he enlists the Titans to go up Mount Olympus, destroy Mount Olympus, and take the throne. And um, I like him because he's wisecracking. He's funny. Um, he's kind of the antithesis of most Disney villains up to this point. He's kind of the first kind of Disney villain you went, ah, I kind of like this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's kind of fun. Uh, he's uh, So um, he is funny. Um, but he is very cocky. He is uh, short to anger. Uh, probably why I relate to him, I guess. Uh, he blows up a lot often. Um, and because he entrusts the idiots around him too much instead of doing the dirty work himself because he preferred just not to get his hands dirty, his plan fails. So because instead of just doing things from the beginning himself, uh, he has two bumbling idiot demons do it for him and they fuck everything up. Screw everything up. Well, there you go. There's your second one. Yeah, man. I was doing so well. You were doing, I was so, doing so well. well. And I'm, st- I'm still just... Innocent. You're still clear. You're, you're still, still good. Yeah, you're beating me right now. You're, you're, you're up. <laughs> Two to nothing. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so he ends up failing because uh, uh, the fates tell him if Hercules survives to his 18th birthday, he will defeat him. And of course, Hercules survives, beats uh stops him and then instead he takes meg's soul as a secondary prize since he can't have olympus and 
Hercules goes down, save Meg, blah, 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 becomes a hero, and then punches uh, Hades in the face and knocks him into the River Styx to be pulled down by his own demons, and that's kind of the last you see of him in that lore. So, but yeah, uh, I love his design. Even though James Woods is a turd, he does such a good job with the voice acting in that role. Um, and like I said, it's it's my second favorite Disney movie. I love that movie. I saw it in theater. I've seen. I own it on VHS. Well, I did own it on VHS. I don't have it anymore. I own it on DVD. Um, I've got the kids into it. Penny really likes the movie a lot. Um, but yeah, my number two is Hades from Hercules. So we are getting to the part of the show where we're going to tell you about some guys who just just didn't quite make it. That's right. It's time for our honorable mentions, the guys and gals who just didn't quite make our top five. Blake, what are your honorable mentions? I have one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Ursula. Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I, I have seen Little Mermaid. I do have it on VHS. I have the Penis Castle edition. Uh, that's what it's called, Penis Castle. Uh, Penis Castle edition. Castle that's the official edition. title. That's that the official title. Yeah. I'm just putting her in there because she's a B word. She's a B word. <laughs> she's a B word, and I, I like her design. Uh, yeah. I love her design. She's a sea witch, man. Mm-hmm. All right, so I, because I am a Disney nerd, I had to narrow my, I could have done a top. 15 20 list of this easy uh i knocked mine down to three honorable mentions so my first one is uh dr facilier from princess and the frog uh, oh, okay yeah uh he's voiced by keith david uh he's basically an evil uh witch doctor or he's a, a, a voodoo sorcerer um and he just wants to get rich like so that's why i didn't really like his kind of motives mm-hmm. are just about wealth and stuff i'm like eh. Uh, but he's really the portrayal of him by keith david is phenomenal so that's why i wanted to put him on there just uh, watched that recently my number two and you know in hindsight i think i probably should have put him on my list somewhere um uh, and we talked about this my number two is to me the most evil character in all of uh disney animated films and that's uh frollo uh, from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he is a re- religious zealot. Uh, he is cruel. He is racist. Uh, he hates the gypsies. Like he uh, lusts and obsesses over Esmeralda. He, he uses religion for all of his negative actions. Like he is at the epitome of the worst of humanity, and he's just a disgusting human being. And his his villain song is one of the best villain songs in all of. Um, Disney villain songs and uh, honestly The Hunchback is kind of one of those forgotten 90s films in the renaissance and it's really 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 good it's probably because it is kind of dark mm-hmm. and in an era where everything was kind of whimsical um, if you don't remember much from it I recommend go back I think you would really appreciate it I, I remember it's got George a in it bit. yeah I, it's got who? George oh yeah because he's the he's, um, one of, he's the the fat gargoyle yeah the fat gargoyle um, um, it's a great and cast and going back to Hercules wasn't Danny DeVito the, uh, oh yeah he's Philotides yeah uh, but anyways, um, I I did like Hunchback actually, and but the main thing I remember from it is the uh, Burger King toys. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, <laughs> we we found some of them. Uh, the Toy Fed had them. Oh really? The big the dolls. Oh okay. Yeah, because they had the finger. Did they have the finger puppets? Yeah, yeah, the finger puppets too. And then because that was the same era when they were doing Toy Story toys too. Yeah, yeah. Because it was uh, two years apart. 
I think this movie, yeah, no, one year part. Hunchback came out in 96. Okay. Uh, Frollo is voiced by Tony J, uh, who is an iconic voice. He did a, a Megabyte in um, Reboot. He's that very, bo- he replaces, uh, he's Sheer Khan in Tailspin. He's, it's just very, very, like he, like he makes that voice sound so evil. He's the iconic, evil, like bassy, very uh, profound voice. And for my fun, ironic pick, my other honorable mention for Disney villain is the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Uh, while we got discussion, Gaston is the villain of that movie, and I will not hear any other discussion. Uh, that movie is very problematic from the begin with. Like the Bell with the Stockholm syndrome. Uh, let's be real. The Beast was a turd. That's why he got turned into a beast, and then he kidnaps an old man who's just trying to find help and then in exchange to let him go he kidnaps her daughter and then like she falls in love with him and after like a week or two and and instead of doing the right thing going no no this isn't right i gotta let you go he goes no, i'm gonna let it happen this seems cool mm-hmm. and then uh and it gets a redemption at the end or whatever but like it, it is what it is it's a children's story but it and when you watch the live action adaptation, of the it, live action is the most cringiest thing I've ever watched, it, and it makes it even more obvious that they, this storyline is a problem, and, and it it is not something that kids or especially little girls should idolize in a romance. And it's not only that; it's just it's bad. It's live action of a of a it, bestiality. Bestiality. It, it bestiality. Uh, oh, so weird. It is weird, uh, and I hated that live action. I, I mean, to be real, I I. That from the Disney live action movies, I haven't liked most of them. Like I've liked two. The Lion King was okay, uh, and uh, Jungle Book I thought was really good. Mm. I thought the first Cinderella because people forget about it. I think the Cinderella was pretty good, um, but uh, the rest of them I can live without. Um, so yeah, those are my honorable mentions. So, without further ado, we're gonna move on to our number ones. So Blake, what is your number one? Uh, Actually, I can already tell you what it is. But Blake, what's my number one? Blake's number one Disney villain of all time is the Crows from Dumbo. Those racist sons of bitches. They're not villains, but yeah, in today's in today's era, they are. Yeah, they're, yeah. Uh, they. Uh, that's a whole other argument for different. We could do literally a top five problematic things from uh-huh. cartoon history, which yeah. we probably should do someday. I think that'd be fun. Like just we cartoon- can definitely do problematic for Warner Brothers. But- well, I'll say, yeah, cartoons in general. Yeah. Uh, your number one is Scar from Lion Scar. King. Scar. Yeah. So- uh, my favorite Disney animated movie, uh, actually, movie, it's up there. It's Lion King. It's, it's, I mean, it's iconic. It's iconic. I've seen it in theaters. I want to say I've seen it in theaters twice when I was a kid. I have two copies of it on VHS. Um, I mean, it's just, it's one of the best movies ever made. Oh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Uh, I, 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 we've talked about this. I love Lion King, but uh, I think I, I will always have a bad taste in my mouth for the movie because when we went and saw it in theater, I went with my cousins and I was the big boy. So I wanted to go see The Shadow with mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin and everybody else wanted to see Lion King. So I just threw like a hissy fit and it's like, fuck, because I couldn't go see it by myself. I wasn't old enough. And uh, so we went and watched Lion King. Of course, I 
Loved it. I, was, I, I think it was the movie came out in 94. Four. Yeah, so I was nine. So I'm mm-hmm. still a kid. So I was like, yeah, I love this. This is awesome. But I think I, the back of my brain, just I think it's just like, ah, but you didn't get to see The Shadow in theater. Yeah. Which, you know, in hindsight, The Shadow is a terrible movie. So. And a lot <laughs> but of it's one of the masterpieces. Yeah. The Shadow is one of those movies that is so bad that I love it. Uh, which, you know, is people don't know the shadow is stars alec baldwin it's based on an old early 1900s comic strip about a superhero it is so pulpy that sounds great it's super i think you would like it i genuinely think you would like do you like the really cheesy batman movies uh the bruckheimer ones uh yes yeah then you would like i mean i like them but they're not good i'll I'll have to see if it's streaming anywhere then if it is i'll let you know you need to watch i think you'd like it okay it's fun it's dumb dumb fun but anyway so back to scar all right, he's voiced by um, Jeremy Irons, which, by the way, was the uh, was Alfred in the Batman movies. Uh, yes, which it was which uh, one? your favorite which? Batman versus Superman. Oh yeah, I was sad. It's one of the newer ones. <laughs> oh. uh, Scar. Uh, he is a terrible. Oh, not a person. He's a terrible lion. Uh, kills his brother. Right. Tries to fr- uh, frame his nephew. Starves. Tries to kill his nephew. Tries to kill his nephew. Um. He oh, he just he is a villain. He is one hundred percent a villain. There's no redeeming story. Oh no no no! And, and you know when I was a kid, like he would he would fool me just like he fooled Simba. You know, like try to act like he was yeah you know, being helpful, being helpful. Yeah. And, I, and I would and I would always fall for it every time I watched it. I'm like, Wait a minute, that's not what happens. Also, side note: um, Jim Cummings sings a lot of his parts on "Be Prepared." Oh yeah yeah, I knew that. So I think I knew that because you told me. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, Scar. I, I, yeah, he's I, 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 he's. How, how come Scar's not in your top five? Because I knew you were gonna pick him. Well, and because <laughs> of the Lion King stigma in my head. He's uh, never gonna get over it. I'm never gonna get over it. Uh, uh, he. Uh, I love. I do love Scar, and I think Scar is the most interesting character in the movie, except for Rafiki, which you don't get enough of. But I do love Rafiki too. Um, he, uh, Jeremy Irons, is just absolutely incredible mm-hmm. as that character. Uh. Uh, Tweedle E. 4 who does Scar in the live action movie, I thought he did a really good job too. Yeah, I did too. I, uh, I liked the live action. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, uh, it's you know it's got its flaws, but it's not a bad movie. I, I it it visually it looks really good. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of takes away from the emotion of the movie, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I don't think it's as bad as Aladdin or Dumbo or Beauty and the Beast, but I I I, I did enjoy it. Um, oh, another thing too, I'll say about Scar. Uh, Be prepared is one of the greatest songs. Hands down. Hands I down. love that song. Um, it's scary. Do you see the, the thing I tagged you in? The meme I tagged you in? Oh, yeah. Let's go work. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for those of you, my wife tagged me in it that I tagged Blake. There's a right now, currently, if you're listening to this currently, most people's kids are at home for school right now because of the coronavirus. And uh, there's a meme from a famous scene in that song that somebody re- put captions on the bottom. It shows the picture of Scar in the middle of that song. Uh, he said, uh, he said, there will, uh, it was to say, there'll be no schools. And the line is, go, yay, no school, no school. La, 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 yeah. la. He goes, he goes, idiots, there will be school. I will be school. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about from the parents' perspective. Uh, that shit had me going, boy. Uh, but yeah, man, that's just, uh, he is. And he's so like skeevy and just like, so skeevy. You believe him in his genuineness when he's trying to tell, mm-hmm. he's like, Oh Simba! I like he's talking the way he talks, whatever. And I, I love how quickly Jeremy Irons' voice acting can turn on a dime. Like when he's getting Zazu to sing, and he's just like, he's like, no, 
no, anything mm. but that song. And like he just starts losing his mind on him. Uh, Scar's a great villain. And, you know, his, you want to do his story arc? Yeah, I know you know it. Like, uh, just briefly, like his, what his motivation and his fall is. Well, he just wants to be the king of Pride Rock. Right. He's jealous of his brother. He's jealous of his brother. And, uh, so, you know, uh, he kills his brother. Tries to kill his nephew. Tries to kill his nephew and assume that his, you know, henchmen or the hyenas killed his nephew. But he, he assumes the whole time. Too. Yeah. He assumes the whole time Simba's dead, but he was off. Like Hades assumes. Yeah. So, but uh, Simba was off, you know, partying with Timon and Pumbaa. But then Nala uh, finds Simba and says, "Hey, you got to come back to Pride Rock. It's getting a little, it's getting a lot of control." So, yeah. and then Simba comes back and it goes. Yeah. Simba comes back to Pride Rock and does business. He he stuns the hell out of stuns the hell out of Scar. And then actually, Scar is not killed by Simba. No, he's killed by uh, the, the hyenas because they need to eat. Yeah, and they heard him talk about how they were fools and they were dumb. And, mm-hmm. yeah, he didn't believe in the hyenas. Like, oh, oh yeah, he was doing his thing to Simba where Again. he was straight line. Except Simba didn't believe him anymore. No, well, he, he that's what he was backing him up, and then he threw the Matthew Broderick got smart. Threw the ashes in his eyes. Yeah, tried to. Man, I love that movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, your number one. My number one is Scar. It's gonna always be Scar. That's never gonna change. I don't give a crap. Yeah. So Scar is not my number one. He's not on my list. But uh, that was my problem with this. Like I said, if if I had more room, I could put people like Scar in it. And I knew that you were gonna put Scar in it. And um, and while I do love him as a villain, I love Disney's villains are so well designed and so well done, and uh, that it's hard for me to narrow it down because. Um, they put so much thought into the design and the character development of their villains that uh, that uh, you kind of gravitate them. People know them and people they like they're entertained by them for uh, lack of a better word. So my number one is uh, to me, I love the design, I love the portrayal, I love the movie. Uh, even though it probably wasn't for me, uh, even though quote unquote. Uh, and she is just the baddest sea witch that oh, has okay. ever lived. Uh, my number one is Ursula from uh, The Little Mermaid, uh, which you know, Little Mermaid came out in 1989. Uh, she is portrayed by Pat Carroll, who to me is the greatest Disney villain voice actress or actor. I don't care who it is of all time. She's just so good, man. Like it, like the whole time, like her very body voice and just like. Like she just sounds like an old, jealous, nasty sea witch. Um, her design is great. She's a very uh, she looks like a drag queen. Mm-hmm. She looks very look, very looks like drag. She has a purple upper body, white flowing hair. She's I want to say an octopus. She has eight. Mm-hmm. I want to say eight legs. And it, well, maybe she has six legs and the two arms. I can't remember. Um, off the top of my head, I, I apologize. I she's very she, busty. Very busty, but she's very buxom. Uh, she, uh, to, I will say this to me, she has the greatest villain song of all time. Poor unfortunate souls. Oh, okay. Um, uh, which is sung by Pat Carroll. I, I, her motivation is pure evil. Like number one, her whole, she's a sea witch. So the first, before she even gets involved with Ariel, who, uh, is a problematic Disney princess as well, which that's a whole nother story for a whole nother podcast, a different day. She, uh, but she is the best part of the movie. Ursula is. She, 
before she even gets involved with Ariel, she steals people's souls. Like she makes bargains to get herself personal gain and gives uh, people deals that they she knows they'll never be able to fulfill. And so she always gets some kind of magic power or something back out of everything. And of course, she makes a deal with Ariel that uh, she has a certain amount of time to get a kiss from Prince Eric and uh, in order or she loses her soul. And then um, I think the, the big play there is uh, the reason she's doing that because she knows who Ariel is. She's the heir to the throne. She's the daughter of Triton, which is in the end what uh, Ursula wants. She wants to be the queen of the sea. And so she uses this poor teenage girl in her uh, – in, in order to get to Triton and get the power. So like, and she's willing to do it by any cost, taking her soul and killing her. It doesn't matter. And the whole time she, uh, defiantly tries to, um, uh, stop things from happening. And actually so much so she actually wins. Like she, uh, through her conniving ways, she actually gets the Triton, but it, you know, with, because movies mm-hmm. and story, uh, she ends up still getting defeated and kind of blasted into a million pieces. And then Ariel gets her wish. Uh, but like I said, poor unfortunate souls, iconic song, Pat Carroll's voice. It, she, and she, like I said, she's just, to me, she's the true personification of Disney evil. There is nothing redeeming about her. She is a bad bitch. Like she is just, she's awesome. I like I so much. So she's one of the, two or three Disney villains who I genuinely pull for. And I think I pull for more so because of how dumb the heroine is in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Ariel is just a turd. Like she's just a selfish teenager that all she wants is a man. She has no redeeming qualities to her other than the fact that she's just pretty like, anyway, uh, that, she's a problematic character. But like I said, that was the beginning of the Renaissance and the next Jasmine was cool. But then you go back to bill. Who's another problematic character. It wasn't until recently when they started doing Moana and stuff like that, where you're actually getting really cool and strong female leads in Disney movies. Again, like Mulan kind of kicked that off. I think Mulan was, was really cool, which, you know, that, that villain in Mulan is, uh, was it Shan Yu, Shan Yu? He's a really kind of a badass, but he, he's not really fleshed out really well. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot of character development. He's just truly evil. I mean, he burns down a village with children in it. Like, but the character's not fleshed out very well, so that's why I didn't make my list, even though he's super evil. But like I said, my number one is Ursula. Um, and like I said, I wrestled. I could probably put three or four different people as my number one, and it may change from month to month depending what movie I've watched more recently mm-hmm. because I love Disney so much. But to me, Ursula will always be on this list, um, just like Hades will be always. always Those two, I think, were always going to be on my list, and uh, the other three would probably fluctuate. Same. Uh, but uh so yeah because yeah, your number one was scar and your number two was sykes sykes yeah your two favorite movies mm. and uh well my favorite my favorite is number three but it's only because uh the reason that movie is so good is the genie but uh aladdin so again what are your top five right, uh my number five is hades number four is isma 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 uh number three isma. is cruella de vil number two is sykes and number one is scar my number five is Maleficent. My number four is Professor Patrick Radigan. My number three is Jafar. Uh, my number two is Hades. And my number one is Ursula. Um, all right, guys. So now we are reaching the part of the show where we give you some of our... Do 
It's the weekly recommendations, baby. That's right, guys. It's weekly recommendations. This is where we give you what we're watching, reading, playing, something going on that's uh, kind of entertaining us for this week. And maybe just give, if you haven't watched or seen or anything like that, uh, give you something uh, to maybe go check out if you haven't already. Uh, Blake, what's your weekly recommendation? All right. Uh, this is another game coming straight from Game Pass. Uh, it, I think it just came out recently, uh, a couple days ago, but it's called Bleeding Edge. Oh, have you played it? I uh, did the tutorial. Oh, is it, is it good? Uh, I think it's going to be pretty fun. I haven't done online yet. It's just the... Di- no, the full game is out. Full game is out, yeah. Uh, it's free on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. I need to buy that. It's only, it's only like a $20 game, right? It's pretty cheap. Oh, I thought it was a full game. No, I mean, I think it's... Oh, it's 60 bucks. Uh, I'm not sure. I have to check it out. Yeah. Because I know it's cross-platform. With the but yeah, it's on Game Pass right now, so I'm not sure how much it actually is. I thought it was a full game. When, but... when it leaves Game Pass, can you play it anymore? Mm-mm. Uh, so it's all you only play that limited time. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I'm not getting. Well, I think when games come on Game Pass, they stay a pretty good. Oh wow! Like there's some games that's been on there for a long time, but okay. uh, I think me and Vic are going to play it soon. It's. Uh, it's I want to say it's a four on four. I haven't done the online yet, but okay, I'll check it out. You know, you got your healer, and you know, yeah, it's a MOBA. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I'm gonna check. I need to watch some gameplay and see if it's something I want to invest in, uh, because I'm probably not gonna get Game Pass. I don't play on my computer enough mm-hmm. to justify it. Um, but yeah, I would definitely check that out. Um, it's basically like it's like a first person MOBA. Like, no, it's not first person. It's not. It's over his. It's over shoulder. Okay, yeah. so it's traditional traditional MOBA. Mm-hmm. Okay, similar to like uh, League of Legends and stuff like that. The uh, the intu- the tutorial is pretty in depth. I mean, it looks like there's a lot you can do. So okay, cool. It looks like it's gonna be fun. Definitely gonna look into that. All right, so my weekly uh, recommendation is uh, is a stand up. It's a I don't usually recommend TV shows, but uh, it just dropped on Netflix. It's uh, Tom Segura's new stand-up, Ball Hog. <laughs> it, uh, what, I will say this, uh, disclaimer, it is very, 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 very much rated R. It is very, very much, if you're easily offended, don't watch the, don't watch the stand-up because it's, uh, it, it's, it can be a little harsh, but it's jokes, mm. people, it's jokes. Um, if you got to go into stand up, just knowing that you know context and what these people—they're telling jokes, man. They don't mean half the crap that they say, and he even addresses that in the stand up, which is pretty smart. Uh, but the last bit in that stand up had me and Steph literally—I could not breathe. I thought I was going to throw up. I was laughing so hard. But my weekly recommendation is the stand up Ball Hog. By I just want to keep saying Ball Hog. Mm. Uh, by uh, from Tom Segura, it is on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. It just came out last week. Um, highly, highly recommend it. All right, so I think that wraps up another episode, and this is our second episode of the Fan Pick. I think that was a lot of fun. I want to thank everybody uh, listening this week uh, uh, to this week's episode of Objectively Subjective. Uh, my name is Paul Jensen, and you can find me on instagram at my underscore dad underscore life and next to me as always i got uh princess blake allen uh, you can find me on instagram at blake underscore all underscore in or you can follow my art page at blake allen art and i think that's about all the pages i have yeah then the show of course has several pages we have an instagram it's at objectively subjective podcast i believe uh, we also have a Twitter. It's at Objectively Sub. And then we have a Facebook. Please like, add, follow, do all those 
Um, we are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please share our podcast. Do us a little favor and share us. Uh, rate us on Apple if you can. Give us you know five star. You can say whatever you want about us and how we smell, how we look. We don't care. Uh, you won't offend us. Um, it just uh, it helps boost the algorithm. Do a little uh, favor for us in these times right now and kind of get the word out there for us we also have a youtube channel look up objectively subjective uh by the time this episode comes out it'll be the fourth episode on youtube we do have more episodes obviously on the podcast we just recently started doing the videos uh once again everybody out there if you're listening to us currently stay safe be wash smart. your hands wash your hands be smart practice social distancing um and hopefully together we'll get through all this. If you know anybody who's suffered a loss or is currently dealing with the virus, um, stay strong, stick together, and uh, know that we're all dealing with the same time. Man. Uh, so once again, thank you guys uh, for listening to the podcast, and we'll catch you next week for our top five DC villains. Whew.